Here we go. In five, four, four three, three two. two, and welcome back to Her to the Grapevine, y'all. My name is Lex, your host, your lead winestress, and today I have a very special guest returning with me again. I will allow him to introduce myself. He is my... Myself. <laughs> what? I mean, I will allow him to introduce himself. He is my boyfriend. Carry on. Friend that's a boy. What's a boy? Is that not what a boyfriend is? Oh, you said, I know. Who are you? I'm out. Again. Second week in a row. Returning guests. By, back by popular demand. Well, con- oh, <laughs> I was going to say, considering I just up- uploaded the episode, I don't know how much of the demand, but by my demand. demand. <laughs> He's back. Demand enough. <laughs> right, what we got? True enough. So, um, today it's been a it's been quite a week um so the topics that we're going to go through today might be a little heavy but we're going to navigate through them and <laughs> so annoying. we're going to navigate through them and and find the value in the conversation and have a good time along the way for our wine review today we are actually reviewing um 19 crimes they have a new rosé out um called i guess cali rosé and with none other than um Snoop Dogg on the label. I thought that this would be a perfect addition to um, a post for 2020 wind down. So we'll definitely get into that a little later into the episode. Um, but to start us off, why don't we kick it off with um, some music? Music, what you got? Like you we got. normally do. So the first segment of the pod is always, you know, the fucking vibe. Shout out to my friend Amir. <laughs> Put me on to that whole little saying. <laughs> so we're gonna start off with some music. Have you been listening to anything new? Anything that you would like to share with uh, the class? Young Thug came out. I haven't given Young Thug? Yeah. Oh, what he got going on nowadays? Slime language too. I ain't really oh. given much listen yet. Um, I heard the song with Drake. That was pretty solid. No pun intended. That's the name of the show. It's called, I mean, the name of the song is called Solid. But I refuse to play Drake. So why? He get enough play. So we can't play. Drake? I'm just not gonna play. You can play Drake. This is called Scatterbrains by Scatterbrain by Con Conrad the Machine, featuring Jid and Luda. Luda. For all intents and purposes, we're gonna get right to Jid part. I like Jid. Where are you from? Atlanta, school. Is he real? I like me some Jid. He's 30? Destin Choice Route. Destin Choice Why are you route. so obsessed with like <laughs> people's government names being there publicly? It's... Because that's an odd name. That those are all very unique names individually. Destin Choice Route. Assuming that's how you pronounce his last name, Route Route probably. When you combine all those names together, that's 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 a stage name in and of itself, really. So I wonder where he got Jid from. Do you know that about him? I don't know, but no. I do know that he prefers to go by Jid. Yeah. And it's also interesting. His birthday is on um, it's on Halloween. 
October 31st, 1990. Okay. You don't think that's interesting? No, no, no. Why not? A lot of people's birthday is on Halloween. I only met one other person whose birthday was actually on Halloween. Oh, yeah, no. No crazy. Hmm. Oh, that also makes him a Scorpio. Like me. Anyway. <laughs> um, I liked it. I thought it was cool. <clears throat> I like him as an artist. I have... I've been listening Hobart. to... Hobart? What was that? Old Bob. Oh, I thought that was like a check. If I did. But um, I have set it up by, it's a new collab with Queen Naja and Ari Lennox. I don't know if you've heard it yet. I think I played it for you already. But for those who haven't heard it, get into it. teaches the babies but that's a, that's a real good song though that's a good collab i didn't think that it would sound as good as it actually did and the video is actually pretty solid too so the the gist of it if you you know haven't heard it it can't be between lines a guy is like two-timing them both so they like set him up it's like one of those sorts of songs oh, I see. and like catch him slipping so you gotta treat people right ain't that right thanks thanks mm-hmm. um so those are our songs of the week nice to to set the mood now we're going to go ahead and jump in because we know a lot of you guys came for this one thing. We're going to try, um, you know, our segment called The First Sip, where we open the wine of the week. We kind of give you our first impressions, and then we'll continue to drink as we go through the episode, and then we'll give you a full review at the conclusion of, of the episode. You ready? Let's do it. I've heard some good things about this wine, so I am looking forward to trying it. That is really hot because it's sitting next to that hot candle. Yeah. Extremely hot, actually. Um, so I'll do a little bit of the description. You can second This is a rose. Yeah. Um, general rule of thumb: the goal is to go for about two thirds of the glass. This will probably a smidge more than two thirds. Yeah, probably. It's almost half. That's a lot. But two thirds of the glass. So we're gonna go ahead and start. How do we taste? Do you remember? What the first step is? Oh, you do remember. Okay, so you want to start with sight. Swirl, swirl, swirl. So we start by swirling the glass in hand um, because we're going to test its viscosity. So based on what we see. Low. You think it's low? Yeah. What makes you think it's low? Traction. At all? I mean, a little bit. Real light. Okay. Which front answer? Maybe some mid. Low, medium, or high? Mid. You think it's medium? That is correct. Okay, so this is a medium-bodied wine. Let's go ahead and smell. It smells so good. It's so fresh. Very fruity. Yeah, extremely fruity. What do you smell? It smells strawberries. Mm-hmm. 
I feel, I mean, there are definitely a lot of berries in here. I'm wondering, like, strawberry is definitely in here. I was thinking about raspberry. I was thinking blueberry. Blueberry? Strawberry, I'm thinking raspberry. You said blueberry. I feel like that's all of you. I don't smoke peach. I don't know about that. You know, I smoke peach. Ready to taste? All right, cheers. Oh, that's good. That's good. Water. I don't know about that, but super refreshing. It's very refreshing. I can definitely like see myself drinking that after work. Very, yeah, very much so. So the full description of this wine is that it's a fruit um, forward flavor with fresh raspberry, strawberry, and the other flavor is red cherry. So that's what we were missing. It has a pleasant mouthfeel with balanced acidity and sweetness. Ripe strawberry and delicate floral aromas on the nose. So this is this is definitely all that they say it is. Um, the full price on the shelf, I got this at Total Wine for about $11.99. So you should be able to find it at your local Total, Total Wine or possibly other retailers. Um, but yeah, we'll give a full review at the end. But those are just our first impressions of this particular wine. So very good, very good. Oh, and another thing I didn't know about 19 crimes, the whole theme of it is based on, um, apparently there are like 19 crimes in Australia that would have you like vanished away. You know what I mean? Okay, so it says those who were taken to Australia had committed a range of different crimes, including theft, assault, robbery, and fraud. As part of their punishment, they were sentenced to penal transportation for seven years, 14 years, or even life, despite the crimes that they had committed being generally low grade. So all of the wines that they make are actually based on um, each of these 19 crimes. Um, so that's like the general theme. I thought that was like a really cool like niche that they've kind of like tapped into. And it feeds, it like feeds on the um, whole like true crime genre. And I'm really into like true crime. So I thought that was an interesting take. What's our next segment, lady? All right, we are going to go ahead and move into um, our partners in wine. Uh -huh. Crime, partners in crime. Oh, I like that. It could be partners in crime today. I mean, just yeah. because we're 19 times. There we go. But um, this is the session where you kind of session segment where you kind of get to know a little bit more about um, the guests that I have on today. So we're going to do a different activity than we did last week because I think last week we did um, what did we do? Oh, we did like a version of Couples Connect, like the newlywed yeah. game. Yeah. So this week we're going to actually do a couples tag in which we answer questions that we should know about one another. Okay. Okay. So I'll start. You give me, there's 73 questions, but we're definitely not going to go through all these. So let's pick like five. Give me a number, one through 73. Go. 56. 56. Uh, what was your first job? I know your first job. See? Your first job. I know that you've had multiple jobs. The first one that comes to mind is you working with politicians in Ferguson. Nope. My hometown. That, listen to what I'm but that's not right. Yeah, that's I was not just right. trying to think of my answer. Okay. That's the first one that comes to mind. You worked in a grocery store. No? Wrong boyfriend. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you did work in a store at a certain point. At some point in time. What was your first job? There we go. What was your first job? I was working uh, one first job. I was working with a school district. Doing what? I was helping out like the uh, our vendors. They have like a our little food vendor place or whatever. Uh, you know people that you know provide your food and shit. I work with them. 
Was that like a legit job? It was a legit job. Like they hired you, got you know, yeah, like a paycheck. I, yeah, I went after school. It wasn't like a pay under the table situation. No. Um. Okay. Salute to not knowing. Okay, what was my first job? Oh, oh. um, your first job you were working at a uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, that's correct. I know it was. Don't see you trying to. I mean, mine was <laughs> easy, and you acting like I didn't pay. Mine's easy. I, 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 I had several jobs, and I remembered them. So you pick. Oh, I pick. Yeah. Mm, Forty nine. Oh, uh, um, am I morning or evening person? You evening. I mean evening. I mean you don't like waking up in the morning, but I'd be waking you up in the morning. Yeah. I mean I don't. I mean it was a pretty straightforward answer right there. But morning evening. I'm morning evening person. Um, you're definitely a morning person. You get up a lot earlier than me. You have more energy when you wake up in the morning. You're not um as irritable if irritable at all. <laughs> and um, the complete opposite of that, I'd yeah. say. Wait, oh. Pick another one. 32. 32. I can tell me this. I got watermelon. Uh, I don't know if you know this. What is my favorite author? Oh, this is your worst. We both have to answer it. Um, your favorite author? I'll forgive you for the last one. You got this one, right? Your favorite author? I'm thinking of artists. This last um, does poetry count? I think it does. Sure, I mean, it's art. I mean, it's literature, I guess. Rudy Francisco? Yeah, I mean, I'm a favorite poet. Um, but he, he's written books, that's why I said. Yeah, poetry books, yeah. I would, Which I would. Make him, makes him laugh. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I would go with that, that's fine. What's some alternative? Um, I like uh, Richard Wright a lot. Mm. But Rudy, that's my guy. He go, he could go to books and stuff. I, I like Rudy a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an incredible poet. Yeah, your favorite author. Um, have a few in mind. Who? Uh, Bell Hooks. You said it because I'm reading all about love now. <laughs> so Bell Hooks is not one of your favorite authors. I wouldn't say favorite. This is one of my favorite books, but What's I have read. That's over there. That's around the corner. Toni Morrison? Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely my favorite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Toni Morrison is one of my favorite. <laughs> or, um, or, because he's a playwright, August Wilson is definitely my favorite playwright, which you know, also makes him an author in a way. Yeah, um, amazing, amazing, amazing playwright. Um, pick another one. Or is it one? Turn? Pick one yeah. Okay, let's see. Let's go backwards. 15. Okay. Your turn. What am I okay at? Spades. I'm okay now? Just okay. I'm not bad. Not bad. Just okay. I can, like, hang in there. You can fill in a gap. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing a little bit. That makes me feel good. I'm just okay. Just, just, just. Sometimes okay. I do be good, though. Sometimes yeah, I do be good. Traditionally, just okay. But okay. that means I'm working my way up to be good because I'm not bad. You have to be better, yeah. So, he, long story short, he actually taught me how to play spades, like, well. Uh, what, like, maybe sometime this year? Or is it last year? Yeah, a few months ago. Maybe, like, six you, months ago. Six months ago? Yeah, I mean, that's what, May? I was bad for a while. It, it, spades is a hard game to learn. 
or to become like really good at because it's all strategy, it's yeah. more so about strategy than people make it out to seem um so I definitely have had to work at it. it took me probably a solid two to three months to just <laughs> you know not renege not um you know mess up anybody's nail <laughs> Nothing like that. So I, I feel happy about that. Yeah. What are you okay at? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd probably say dancing. Okay. Get around that. Because <laughs> he like, he has like a little step. He can keep up the same thing. You can kind of keep up. Uh, but, you know, you're not necessarily good, but you're not like abysmal. Yeah. Just you know, okay. Stick to the little two step that you do. I can really outdance you. Huh? You can. He can. He, he said. Did he say he could outdance me? You can outdance me. I'd like to see it. And I'm not even a dancer. All you guys, your little. What is it called? The little uh, tornado. What's the tornado? <laughs> your little dance move. Your little. What's the tornado? Oh, my little mix it. That's it. That's all you got. Oh my, this. I can dance. I can dance. I can dance when I, you know, get the good liquor, go out, have fun. That's a good she time. Dance, I, I mean, I'm not a dancer, but I definitely have rhythm. That's, I not, certainly, that's not the question. No, because when you have rhythm, not you got like a little, I could dance. You, in my. But, what do I got? I don't have rhythm. <laughs> That's why I said you're okay. Because if you no, stick no, no, to the no, no. two-step, sometimes you come off as unrhythmic. Sometimes. Sometimes. That's when? What I'm saying. I would like an example. That's what I'm saying. When you get outside no, no. of the two-step, you know, if no, you, you stay here. Right I'm not playing you. you I'm here today. You want to see a white man. I am not calling him a white man. That's an insult. <laughs> <laughs> for do that. A two-step? I think you're good at your two-step. I think you, two-step you know. two-step ain't enough. I can do a two-step myself. Exactly. Which is what but I'm saying. But you know saying. what? You're good next time, Next time we go out. I got you. I'm going to outdance you because you really don't know how to dance. Mark these words. You don't know how to You're going to outdance me. It's not hard. It's not I hard. didn't say that I was a dancer. It's not a hard piece. It's past. To what? To outdance. It's not challenging. It's not. I like to see stri- it. It's not. Uh, but I don't go out to like dance dance, but I do know that like when I go out and I dance, I look cute doing it. Let me meet you. Because I can. can. It does. All right. Um, it does. Next question. Last one. He's very competitive, guys. So he doesn't want to lose. Just FYI. Three. See, <laughs> um, I think it was yours. Three. Um, when and where was our first kiss? So you got to answer that. That was my question. Um, we got to answer first. Or where and when was our first kiss? So our first kiss was um in your car, in your old car. Um, I think you, I don't know where he, we'd gone for a date, but you're dropping me off. We were actually at your house yeah. and you had kind of like leaned over and I think I was about to just say bye. You had kind of like kissed me. <laughs> That's why I should turn to answer the question. When, no, where I was mean, our I first kiss? Was, I don't know where we, um, we were in my car. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't remember where we were at at all. We was in my house. My car. Ain't reached Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Oh my god. Stop fucking lying. You think I reached over and kissed you? <laughs> Alright. Uh, let's get into our stories for the week. So, um, these are the things that we've heard. We'll start off with, have you heard about the fire Festival? Reparations on the way. 
Yeah, I heard, man. Listen, I guess it pays to go outside or to have been outside at that point in time. Uh, and go outside now. It's a, it's a really a win-win for them, I think. Why you say that? I mean, they got some money from a media run. They've gotten their refunds. And they were actually able to go to the place. So, I mean, I think it's... To, the, to what place? I mean, they went somewhere. I mean, it wasn't what they paid for, but... Exactly, that's the whole point. They were able to go somewhere. <laughs> I'm not. like, damn, well, I guess now you can go out places again. But I can't wait till the world open back up. But talk about reparations for these people. How long has it been? Like 10 years? No, it's it's probably been... When did Fire Festival happen? Maybe like... Like three or four, maybe? No. No, seriously, look it up. It's probably been about three or four no, years. Because the documentary probably came out, what, two years ago now? Yeah, it was 2017. It was actually, yeah, the year we graduated. Oh, damn. I can't find the story on here. I just had it, though. But basically, long story short, um... The, the attendees of the fire Festival are actually getting paid out, I believe, like, maybe $7,500 in the settlement for each person um, because of the catastrophe that was the fire Festival. So if you don't, you know, recall, basically the fire Festival was supposed to be this huge, lavish um, music festival that took place in the Bahamas. I can't remember the white guy's name for the life of me. Bill McFarlane. Bill McFarlane, you remember. Some young white tech wannabe guy. Um, put together this whole um, event with the fire festival, and nothing went as planned. Like there was no housing, there was no um, no facilities to use the restroom. He, you know, gypped a lot of people, including like businesses, out of um, their money on that island. So a lot of Bahamian people who already, you know, like live in certain places in poverty, he left them a lot worse off than they initially were, and he had no remorse for it. He ended up getting, I, I think, he went to prison. I don't, I don't, I really don't I can't remember. remember, but he didn't get in trouble for it. But long story short, those people that actually went or signed up for the Fire Festival are getting some of their money back. Do you think it's fair? Would you be satisfied if you were an attendee? I mean, yeah, I guess. Um, I feel like you're in the Bahamas, though. I mean, I, I get, like, you spent a lot of money to go, but. I don't think you're recalling the event the same way that I am. I mean, they went to an island in yeah. the Bahamas. Uh-huh. It was a bust. Not only was it a bust, there was they they paid thousands of dollars for this um, luxury opportunity, right? No, to be on the beach, to have these private little um, villas, and villas or commanders, like whatever they were. And not only did they not have that, they hardly had any food. There, th- and this was pre-COVID, but there were way too many people. They were over, you know, capacitated. <coughs> they had nowhere to use the bathroom. Like it was a mess. And these people, once they got there, they had no way to get back home. They were just stuck there. No, I get it. I think that should get paid, for sure. Um, I just hope they would have made more of the situation. What is that? What would that be for you? I mean, you're in the Bahamas. What is it? Oh, no. I mean, you're in the Bahamas. Go get some jerk chicken and some, um, and some uh, jerk chicken and some, what, what else? Oxtail. And listen to some music, go to the reggae club. You got to make the best of what you got. And there's a lot of best in the Bahamas. So, I mean, I get it. It was shit for the people. But I think there was opportunity, too. And the paid opportunity now because they're getting their money back. So, 
years down the line. I mean, so, so what? You don't think they should have gotten their money? <laughs> no, I'm not saying they shouldn't have gotten their money. They absolutely should have, but... I think the other part of it is the people that even went on the fire festival or signed up to begin with were actually pretty rich, pretty rich kids. So I don't know if I feel too, too bad for them. I'm more so would be angry at Bill McFarland. That's his name, right? Mm-hmm. Um, himself for thinking like you can get over on people, you know, the way that you kind of did. Cause that's like a sickness and illness that a lot of white males tend to have. Well, word to, um, word to, um, what's his name? Who? The one that just croaked over in penitentiary. Ponzi scheme. No. Oh, um, what's that dude's name? I just watched a documentary about him not too long ago. Dang, Ponzi. Jeez, I can't remember his name. Yeah, the pyramid scheme guy. Bill. Is it Bill? What's the Ponzi scheme guy's name? Robert. What is it like? Bill. Madoff. Bernie. Bernie Madoff. Yeah, Madoff. Yeah, he was another people who shit people out their money. But hey. Time will catch up to you. Yeah. Like time caught up on this guy. Yeah. So congratulations to the Fire Festival alum, if we can call them that. Uh, yeah, I actually didn't go. They didn't partake. Well, what should have been the Fire Festival? Congratulations to you. Um, speaking of people who were scammed out of their money, or rather scammed others out of their money, the PPP loans. You should know a little bit about that. So people are taking this, have been taking um, government funds that they've been using that should have gone towards their businesses and falling out on lavish things, houses, cars, uh, luxury clothing, jewelry. And now all of that is is catching up to them. I think there was a young woman who actually started a GoFundMe because she got caught up on her PPP loans um, and she wanted people to help her pay them back so that she would not have to go to prison. Oh, that's oh. interesting. Um, yeah. EPP loans are wild. Yeah. They got shorties outside of New York in pajama pants trying to squirt. You want to see the video? No. Video going around on Twitter. Shorty from New York pulled up to this chick house. She got a, a, a PPP loan in her name. Okay. But I guess the girl put, like, her real address on there. Mm-hmm. And so the, the woman pulled up to that lady crib, like, you got a PPP loan in my name? What did she say? And she was like, no. Nah, She's like, oh, are you this person, this person? She's like, yeah, that's me. She's like, oh, well, we need to come talk because you got a PPP loan out of my name and I took that out I ain't got no business. So essentially, that's another thing that's been going on too. People have been like false claiming on their PPP loans about to get beat up. It's starting to get warm outside. People don't care about COVID no more. True. It's, it's going to get brutal out here. Yeah, for sure. But now these folks. So what did she say when she got caught? Well, nothing. They were like upstairs. Like, so she, one chick was upstairs and she was downstairs. So the full video ain't really showed everything that happened, but we can only assume that that was, that was about. So she started real PvP loan. She's gonna beat her ass. Wow. So y'all be safe out here with y'all businesses. I really hope y'all are real businesses. Yeah. The government gonna get theirs. They are, but yeah. the thing is, like, don't scam. Like the, well, the thing. I'm go ahead. I mean, yeah, don't scam, but we're in capitalistic ass America. It's gonna happen. I, I don't, my faith bar is high. Like, I don't even say, like, just don't scam. I don't think that's the standard. I think a lot of things that America does is a scam. So, it's it's very on brand for this to happen, actually. (laughs) Yeah, but it's true. But what I mean by don't scam, because obviously, yeah, America is a fucking cheating ass shitstorm. 
all over. But I was reading out of, um, you know, all about love with bell hooks about greed and like what it can cause us to do. Mm-hmm. It will cause us to like operate and outside of like lovelessness. So we'll cheat, we'll lie, we'll hurt loved ones, we'll hurt people we don't love, um, you know, hurt people we don't care about, but should in the name of like luxury items and material things um, so much so that it not only damages our lives, but it damages the lives around us. And so what I mean by like, don't scam is that on one end I can get like America is a scam in and of itself. A lot of things are going to taxes, um, college, like a lot of things in America are built to be a scam itself. So I get that. But personally, I just have a, I can't see myself scamming or harming other people in the name of like material things when I know that I'll be just so you know just the same without those things say I went out for a PPP loan just so I could get a you know a nicer car or have like a Louis Vuitton bag or like you know move into like a bigger space would I truly be satisfied with those things or would I always want to go after something else in the name of greed just to say that I have it just like floss on social media just to keep up with whoever I agree with you there. Um, people definitely be using other people's money. Unfortunately. That's a great segue to our next topic. Oh. Lori? Yeah. Lori? Using other people's money. The personal game. Oh, well. <laughs> Speaking of Lori, um, Lori Lightfoot actually got caught up in a scandal. I only knew about it because I, it was supposed well, I thought it was a cheating scandal. Um, she was rumored. She was rumored to have been caught in a hotel room um, with someone else's wife um, and paying for that room with city funds. So that's where, like, the story really blew up there. She actually made a statement. She came out and made a statement and said that that was not true. And in her statement, she kind of, like, diverted from the the scandal itself into... Into sharing how like people kind of had her messed up and we're not focused on the real issues in a time like this. So she did a little politician swindle, but it has, you know, our eyes on Lori now. I always liked her. I mean, she wasn't my mayor, but as far as what I knew, I liked her, but she's facing a lot of um, criticism from the community. Yeah. I mean, I feel it. I mean, here's one thing. I, I hate when people like try to use like politicians and say like, Oh, you're doing this on taxpayer money, but the mm-hmm. reality is, every time in which these politicians and stuff go anywhere, it's on taxpayer money. So I don't think the blow up should have been about you using my tax dollars to to do this or to do that. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. Um, I don't think those conversations are typically ever had when it comes to either like male politicians or like straight politicians or whatever. Like as many Times we've seen like politicians caught up and all of this stuff. Nobody just said, "Oh, like use our taxpayer dollars to do this horrific thing." But there's all our money all the time when these politicians mess up. So I don't think that's really unique in this situation. I just think they're trying to utilize that as a, a, a just a topic of conversation to try to justify, you know, what it is they've seen that they didn't like. Uh, but maybe that's just me kind of going off on a rant about it. But that's what I believe. You know what I'm saying? In her, yeah, in her statement, she actually followed up with, um, you know, her reflections from the scandal. And she says, good morning from my mansion in Saganash. Oh. <laughs> I 
think she was being sarcastic. Uh, seriously, though, our city doesn't have any time for homophobic, racist, and misogynistic rumors today or any day. Right. It's shocking and disappointing to see some, some media members in verified Twitter handles are peddling this trash as truth. If people hadn't noticed, we have major challenges in Chicago we need to address together. This nonsense that some apparently have the luxury of indulging in has not fed one person, stopped the pandemic, housed anyone living on the street, or saved one young person. Anyone who wants to work with me to make progress, I'm ready. Even if we don't always see eye to eye, if you actually love this city and want to be a part of making it better, let's do the work. The rest of you, get out the way. I will continue to lead a group of the willing across our city who are about doing the people's work. The people of Chicago elected me mayor, and I will continue to serve today, tomorrow, and into the future. Back to work. And that was that was pretty much oh, she it. She had time. She had time, but you see what I'm saying? She She kind of like spun the story in a way to focus less on like the rumor itself um, to more about like her being about the people in the I issues. I get it. Which I'm she's facing some uh, criticism from some of the things that have happened on, in Chicago on her on her watch. Well, I think everybody's on scrutiny though. I don't, I don't think that's like unique. But I do think that, you know, what's interesting about that is the way that she pivoted. I mean, because I, I think it's true, right? Like if you are in Chicago or like, hell, 95 percent of other metropolitan areas they are typically much bigger issues to deal with and if you know this media frenzy is going to get people up in arms and want them to want to do something i think you know it's a good opportunity for her to control this narrative honestly you know yeah and if they want to come at her for something but the criticism no one's above criticism um but the criticism is about her actually being for the people if you're for the people your work has to reflect that so you know one instance of that is what is your take on like policing because there was actually a young child i can't remember um the exact age who was actually killed by cpd on her watch so like if you're really about those issues how is your work like reflecting that i think that's the criticism that she's facing and it's really important at such a time as this you know um, we won't go too deep into the conversation about policing because a lot of our reflections can be more the same. And it's actually, I don't know about for you, but pretty, um, emotionally taxing to kind of like iterate about over and over and over and over and over again. But the, the verdict that came out yesterday with Derek Chauvin and the, um, George Floyd trial, I, I was pretty surprised by it. Um, I look like that. Oh, I'm not surprised. By the guilty verdict. I was pretty surprised by it because I had the expectation that he would be uh, let off and found not guilty. What I will say, when when the verdict did come out, I wasn't shocked, if that makes sense. So, I, yes, I'm happy that there was a guilty verdict, but still I'm, I'm skeptical about what that really means. What will his sentence look like? Um, of course, they're going to try to contest it. And there's going to be some, some work around that happens there. So... You know, I won't be happy until the fat lady sings at this particular point. But what I will say, did you watch his reaction? I tried to distance myself from all of it because of my, you know, no black pain, um, personal rule. But what I will say is his reaction was pretty darn comical. If you haven't seen it, um, yeah. when the jury was read, well, when the judge was reading off, um, you know, the jury's responses and asking them to to verify his eyes were shifting left to right, left to right, left to right. Cause he just couldn't believe that they were like, <laughs> that's in his ass. But what were your thoughts? And the funny part about all of that was a little screen capture part where he getting locked up. Mm -hmm. He looking at his lawyer, like, 
damn, I thought you had my back. <laughs> and I can't do no for you. But no, I mean, I feel like yesterday, um, you know, gives you that just felt too right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like, though I don't have much hope, right, for this country, I, I do think that there are some very fundamental things that are, which shouldn't be the case, but are the case, right? I, I think in this situation, like, everybody was telling the same story, mm-hmm. right? And, and I think when everybody is telling the same story, it's hard to neglect that, right? Um, I, and I don't think it's, that wasn't nothing, in my opinion, that even warranted a 10-hour descent, like, 10-hour, like, conversation, 10-hour deliberation. It it was very just straightforward. You know, like, I think that was, just like, one of those, like, very cut and dry, like, there is no way that this is right. And so while I will take the victory for what it is, which is a victory, I, I am very cognizant and cautious of what happens in the future. Um, but I will say this is what happens when you have, you know, over half of the people are minorities sitting on a ju- you know, in a juror position in these white spaces. Um, I think that's what happens when you have people that are um, representative of their community. Um, I think only five of the judges were over the age of 50. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in thinking about that and thinking about the way in which America is, Though 50 years doesn't seem like that long ago, it's really not. I mean, people try to make 50 years ago seem that long, but it's really not. Like, right. 50 years ago, like, MLK was shot. 50 years ago, like, civil rights was, like, happening. Like, you know what right. I'm saying? So it's not like we're that far removed from history. But if we got, like, you know, six, five or six other people that are, like, over 50, they lived through that and they've seen that. But now that, that means for me, like, that 50-year mark is, like, a new generation of america mm-hmm. right like it's if you're under the age of 50 right obviously they'll still be racist obviously they'll still be classic but i think there are far more people that are willing and wanting to do right in my opinion within our generation yeah yeah i would like to think that and i think part of that can be true i think that there's like an awakening that's happening within our um, generation across like different races where um, people are being challenged with like the this conception of race and they're challenging like their family family members. Mm-hmm. Um, but within that, I'm still wondering how like the rate because the thing about racism is that we've learned that it's genetic. So like it, it flows through your veins. Like we're talking about when we talk about like generational trauma and stuff like that. That stuff doesn't really like leave you. I want to say racism is like genetic, but um, those the mindsets and ideals flow within generations. So even when people are trying to resist them, I'm always wondering how else is it showing up in your life? Is it showing up in like you know minor microaggressions that you're not aware of? Um, you know, or is it something like more overt? Whose responsibility is it like to teach people? Because I'm not in a space where I, I want to teach anybody about anything as it relates to race because it's just, it's too much. And that's not a responsibility that I want to take on. Um, and a, in addition to that, it's put me in like a space where I don't really have like any non-Black friends for that exact reason, because I, 
have a hard time sometimes connecting when I feel like I'm not understood holistically as like a, a woman for sure, but then also a black woman because those things are interconnected. They cannot be taken apart, you know, sometimes. So like um, when I'm interacting with people, you know, I'll just say like I, I used to teach a lot with white women. Um, I feel like my very presence without having to even say anything says something like they're a little bit more. I don't want to use the word shy, but they kind of look at me as like a little bit more domineering or a little bit more like aggressive. And I don't want to have to like teach you how I am or like who I am is like a, a black woman. That's just too much. Whereas I could befriend people who understand me because we have some similar backgrounds and like similar, you know, experiences. Mm -hmm. I don't know your thoughts on that. No, I mean, I agree with you 100%. It all makes sense. Yes, I'm saying. I don't think there's much disagreement there. I 100% agree with you. Uh, the tolerance is not yeah. something that I have time for, I guess. Yeah, and when I kind of, like, think about, like, the full picture of, like, what we've experienced with policing and, like, you know, the mur countless murders of, like, black black bodies, what always sticks with me is the fact that it's, it all, all of it is about, like, you know, racism and white supremacy, but, like, there is a... There's a part of me that is really bothered by the fact that you don't see me as human. You can't see me as human. Like Derek Chauvin could not have saw, you know, George Floyd in the same light as he saw himself, like as a, as a, you know, person, like a man, he couldn't see like himself reflected in him, which is the only reason why I feel like he, you know, murdered him the way he did like had his neck hit his um knee on his neck for as long as he did because he did not recognize the humanity in him and on top of that what bothers me is that at the end of the day when all these people are countlessly murdered because there were just a few more there was one yesterday um and it just keeps happening and happening and happening but most of the time these people get off in this case with Derek Chauvin it was different it was like when only guilty you know, verdicts that we receive. But most of the time these people get off and then they get to go back home to their own families when these people will never see their families again. They get to have different experiences um, and carry on life as usual in ways that these people will never get to have again. They get to go to their daughter's weddings and um, graduation ceremonies and have backyard family picnics. And you not only took away a life, but you changed the course of everybody's life that was connected to that person. And you feel no remorse just on the basis that you don't recognize their humanity. and You felt like you were more superior. That really bothers me. And it, it, it really makes me sad. I know that's my rant. I just kind of had to kind of had to share it. Um, I worked up and catch. Sorry, right, let's keep it going. What we got next? You want to talk about Kanye? Your faith? I love talking about Kanye. What do you do now? So apparently Kanye, obviously we know that Kim and Kanye are getting divorced. Um, and we can all feel the way that we feel about it. But what actually came out is that Kanye is actually interested in dating an artist or a creative as his next partner. What are your thoughts on that? Feel like oh. it's fitting? Of course. It's Kanye we're talking about. You gotta have a very eccentric person and artists and creatives are quite eccentric people so you know i think it makes sense i don't you know i think kind of should probably slow it down a little bit take some time for herself a little bit reflect a little bit a little therapy here a couple of drops there album here you know 
you know, get the full experience of Kanye. But I mean, I'm dating creative. I don't think there's nothing like new or alarming or anything else. I think it's like time, I guess. Maybe he'll go back to Amber Rose. I don't know. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, I'm excited for Kanye for whatever he does, though. So, uh, dating creative, I think, will make an awesome scenario. Great pictures, great. But I just don't know who. Who he would date? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a matchmaker, but I'm telling. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested. I would like to see him date a creative, date a creative, someone artistic. And I'm also wondering if that could bring out... Okay, long story short, I'm wondering if that could bring back the old Kanye, potentially. Depending on the type of creative or, you know, person that he dates, I'm just wondering if that could, like, bring out some of those values that made us, like, fall in love with him in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Listen, like, Kanye, I, I think he needs some real help um, to a degree. I mean, I think he's a creative genius, and I think that he's very hard to understand if people don't take time out to want to learn Kanye or know who he is or his visions or anything like that. But, you know, for a very long time, I've been a Kanye supporter. I don't see my support going anywhere anytime soon. So if he wants creative, let's find him a creative that he wants to date. And uh, if you're not, if you want a conservative, let's get him a conservative. But that won't work too well, I don't think. Uh, have you heard about Little Nas X's mom? Mm-mm. So, uh, apparently, there was a video that was reported um, probably a couple weeks ago now in which there was a woman who was standing out on the street, like we, you know, sometimes will see, who was holding a sign. She appeared to be on, you know, some sort of drug. And the guys asked her if he, um, if she was Little Nas X's mom. And they kind of had a conversation from there. And it was revealed that um, she was. So there was like a lot of conversation about kind of coming down on Little Nas X about, you know, you're this millionaire now. Why would you have your mom out here on the streets? And, you know, this criticism that he he was facing. I feel like my my thoughts is that are that I don't know that that's fair. Because addiction really, addiction not only, you know, warps that person's life, but it also warps like the lives of everyone that they're connected to. And he could have tried to do everything that he could to get his mom, you know, some help or keep her from being on the streets and maybe it just didn't work. But I feel like people coming down on him and like giving him criticism, they're not really, you know, taking into account how difficult that is for him as well. You know, you can only do so much for someone who might be battling addiction and there's some compassion that we have to have for everyone that's involved. Your thoughts? No, I agree. Um, I, I think, well, first of all, I don't think it's somebody's business, honestly. Um, what, what he decides to do with his own personal family members and what their relationship are. Um, I don't, in the same regard, I don't think they would care about this woman if it was not his mother. So, I think in the same ways in which, like, either one, keep the same energy and you, like, pressing everybody's, like, you know, who you know's family about, like, this individual and where they are and things like that. Or two, just leave the devil alone because I guess somebody's family at the end of the day, right? And so you don't know what kind of relationship they had or had or anything like that. Um, and so I think a lot of people just kind of, like, like to talk but miss the nuances of, like, what something could be. And so for me, I, I just, you know, opt in those situations, like, really let family kind of have their own internal battles and stuff like that. Because, I mean, what they're going to try to do is get him into getting his mom money, I guess. Like, 
Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and if that's the case, one, I don't think he has to do that. But two, start a GoFundMe for her then. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't think that that does anything for anybody. I think it's, I, I think there's several celebrity parents that are on some type of substance or down and out bad, and they don't get support from their children. That are, like, there's nothing unique about this scenario in the same way which people like would go about their damn day if it wasn't a celebrity. They need to keep the same energy for like people that have families, have support systems. They don't got to be filthy rich either. But like have the capacity to like show some compassion. Like you do it for everybody, you don't do it for nobody. Like and I don't think like and if you do do it for somebody, I don't think that it's fair to do it for like people that are celebrities. Yeah. I think the other aspect of it is like, um does he owe her that? There's no. a lot of question yeah, no, I'm just saying that there's a lot of questioning about um, you know, adult children and parents who might be going and maybe it's not addiction, maybe it's like you know, mental illness, or maybe, you know, you didn't have a good relationship with the parent and they're not in the best spot in your adulthood. Do you owe that parent, um, you know, loving care that you might not have been extended? That's definitely a real conversation. And I think people feel very differently about it based on their own convictions, you know, their own, um, what do you call it? Like moral compass. But I think it's definitely a conversation worth kind of having. I mean, I guess. I mean, I, I I don't really like when people say like we owe our parents this or we owe our parents that because mm-hmm. the reality is right. We didn't sign up to partake. You know what I'm saying? Like we didn't say like I want you to be my parent. Mm-hmm. Right? They've committed a grown folk decision, and they got to live with that decision and take care of that, and that's their responsibility. Period. Like in the same ways in which when you do stuff for people. You ain't supposed to do it with the expectation of getting something back. People want to have kids to do it with the expectation that, like, they brought this thing into the world and they're responsible for it. And however it turns out, it turns out as long as they did their best. And that's as simple as that. I, I, I just think that sometimes, like, be as short and sweet as that. And I don't think that it's fair to say, like, oh, like, you owe your parent. They're like, what if you had a shit parent? Mm-hmm. But they took care or of you. Or an abusive parent. Yeah, and they took care of you. And, like, as when you're an adult, you're like, well, I don't, as a full adult and grown person, I don't like you as a person, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, I talk about it often, like, just the way in which people, like, humanize their families and their relationships. Like, at a very young age, I was, you know, I saw my parents as people, not, oh, like, this is my parent. Like, no, like, you're a person that's in my life, right? And you have a title, sure, but at the end of the day, you're a person. And the way in which you're a person, I get to evaluate where you stand, how you stand, without too much credence as to, like, who you are, because at the end of the year, a person's like, I am. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I don't think that it's fair for people to say, oh, you owe your parents. You know. Now, maybe if you had a great upbringing, getting your parents to care of you, and, like, there were no issues, and they spoiled you, and, like, all of this crap, and, you did, and, and you know, they really, like, sacrificed a lot for you, and you made it up, and, you know, you got a whole bunch of money, and they ran across a hard time, and they destitute, and you Choose not to do them, is that bad? Yeah, not for the fact that they're your parent, but for the fact that, like, that's somebody that's been around you that sacrificed when they didn't have to. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, extraordinarily sacrificed when they didn't have to and chose to. So I think that's even a little different, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I-, I think another aspect of that is also 
people have kids for the wrong reasons a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And I was speaking to my friends about this a while ago, um, that that most of the time when we have children and we think about bringing children into the world, they're for very like selfish reasons because, you know, I want to continue my legacy or I want to have a son or I want to have a daughter. I want to dress them up in these outfits. I want to keep up with my friends. I don't want to be lonely when I get older. There are all these sorts of reasons that, only kind of like perpetuate as like the child is older and it turns into like well I had you so you owe me you know and I, I mean in my own family circumstance obviously I'll you know be there be there to take care of my parents and stuff like that but I, I it did open my eyes to like that whole aspect of parenting I want to make sure that I even in that have children for like the right reasons and not for like my own selfish reasons or like advantages mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah. because that you know putting that on a child is very difficult for a child to kind of deal with in their adulthood so i'm only imagining like imagining um the weight that like little nas x kind of like feels on him with a mother that you know has like a heavy addiction with criticism that he's facing from the media, with his own probably like broken relationship that he has with her, while also being very affluent and having million, you know, however whatever his network is, like battling all of those things. Um, I think that's a lot to put on a child because he still is a he's not a he's not physically a child, but he still is her child. Mm -hmm. And those kind of those dynamics kind of shift in a way that most people just one couldn't aren't ready for and then two just can't can't manage in a healthy way i don't know like how he copes with like all of this stuff but it just hopefully has a therapist yeah i think he does I will. Uh, do you want to talk about one more topic or do you want to do the review let's do the review all right so um the like we said the wine that we are testing today or tasting today is 19 crimes the cali rose it has soup box soup bottle soup box <laughs> Snoop Dogg's face on the bottle. Um, so we're just going to review, you know, our thoughts on the wine and share our final recommendations as we post out to the end of today's episode. So starting off with, um, we talked about the fruitiness. We talked about the floralness. We talked about the taste in the notes. Um, would you categorize this wine as light bodied, medium bodied, mini, I can't even talk, medium bodied or full bodied? The medium bodied rosé. Definitely a medium body rosé. Um, and as far as the buzz, how do you feel now? It is, I think, what, 10%? Yeah, something very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 10%. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm cool. You know, I think this is a good wine to have. This is a good daytime wine, nighttime wine. However you want to have it. I've had a cup. Feeling okay. Okay. And what are three words that you would use to describe this wine? Refreshing. Um, smooth. And clean. Like, it doesn't, it's not like hard to like drink or anything like that. I think it's very clean, like easy, easy drink to have. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. I would say for myself, light, fruity, and easygoing. Like I could imagine myself definitely um taking this after drinking this after work, 
Um, and it's the percentage is not too low, like Stella Rosa, where you don't really feel anything at all. It's just a nice, even toned um, buzz, if you will. This would be really good with like fruit. Well, I'm glad you said that. I was going to ask you, what would you pair this wine with? Oh yeah, fruit for sure. Mm -hmm. like, this is a great like fruit salad. Um, anything light, like any meal that is light, I think you can do a really good pair with this. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, even salmon. Mm, that's interesting. Great. Yeah. Um, it's for sure. mm -hmm. like, this is a great like fruit salad. Um, anything light, like any meal that is light, I think you can do a really good pair with this. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, even salmon. Mm, that's interesting. Great. Yeah. Um, what you do nice, nice with this. Um, citrusy foods. Mm -hmm. Um, food that has a lot of like you know citrusy flavors. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's, that's the food I would go with about you. Um, I probably would say like a, I could imagine myself drinking this with like a strawberry poppy seed salad. They have them at um, Panera. They're pretty good. They have like chicken, strawberries. I think mandarin are in there. Some almonds. So a nice, you know, balance of different flavors. I could see myself definitely drinking that with. I also could see this being really good in like a wine cocktail. So I might try to do a recipe that I'll share um, with this, this rosé. Um, and last but not least, oh no, not, not last but not least. My favorite question is if you had to describe this wine as any celebrity or famous figure, who would it be and why? You know what's the name of our above? What? Or who? The, um, what's the group called? Two Girls. Chloe and Hallie? Yeah. Oh, tell me more. It's fun. This is a fun drink. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's very fun, very, you know, uh, youthful and taste, like, tasteful. Uh, refreshing. I think they have a refreshing sound. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just think the cross that you can do with this food is great. Like, I think it takes a lot of diversity that you can do with this. Like, any time of the day, I could, I could play some highly and Chloe. Like, and sip on that? And sip on this, like, any time of the day. Okay. I think they would enjoy something like this. Give me some good LA vibes. Mm -hmm. You know, definitely good LA vibes. But no, I think you can bring this to like your own beach to your own backyard. Okay. You know. Okay. Um, for me, I I can't remember her name. She sings that. Um, what's the? I think it's Georgia Smith. I find yeah. Okay. I could get. I cause. When I drank it, I thought about like a nice summer um, day and like the music that I'm listening to and it's light, it's fun, it's poppy. So I could definitely see myself like drinking this to like some, some Georgia Smith for mm -hmm. sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. And last but not least, um, Sip or Spit, would you buy this again? Oh yeah. This is a good bought again. I mean, I don't really like care for rosés, mm -hmm. but I'm starting to appreciate rosés more, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, because they are like a little lighter and they're not as sweet as like uh, other wines. Yeah, I know, I know rosés are typically sweeter, but like, it's not as sweet as like Riesling. Yeah, some like this that. is definitely a sweeter one because some can some are actually pretty dry. But one fun fact that I didn't share about rosés is the way that they're um, like made or produced in the winemaking process. They have two different um, ways, and I can't remember the names for them, but they have one way where they will take the 
skins of the grapes and they'll actually expose them to like a white wine so that it has like a nice blush rosé color and then the other way is where they actually mix the red and the white together i have to do some research to see what they did to produce this 19 crimes wine but i think it's pretty cool i definitely i would buy it again too yeah i agree oh yeah um Let's see. Let's go ahead and move into our last two segments of the episode, which is our sip on that, in which we kind of just, you know, vent about things that might have caused us frustration this week, something we just want to get off our chest, and we sip and be done with it for the week. Do you have a sip on that for the week? Mm, you can go first. I'm going first this time. Okay. Mine definitely, I have to get this off my chest. So, yesterday I had pretty much the, like a quintessential bad day from beginning to end. So for one, I woke up later than I intended to. Side story, I just got, side note, I just got this uh, mattress pad from a from Amazon, but I found out about it from a Twitter page called Fat Kids Deals. This mattress pad is like heaven. Like, oh my gosh. So I, I slept on that for like the second night, I believe. Um, and because it's so comfortable, I ended up waking up a little bit later than I intended to, which had me kind of like um, late for work in, in, to an extent. So I got like texts or, um, you know, I got a call from my coworker on top of the fact that it, it wasn't, I wasn't late for work, but something that I was told to do or volunteered to do, um, I ran later than usual. So, um, on top of the fact that my computer, my MacBook hasn't been working. So that's why last week's episode was actually not, um, posted on the time frame in which I like to do it. So, um, I ended up getting to work, um, had a pretty great day there. I ended up picking up my MacBook from the Apple store because they repaired it. So I thought, Got there and they basically told me um, that they couldn't do the repair because my laptop had extensive uh, liquid damage and rust that prevented them to be able to do it. And I, they basically were, were telling me I had to get a new laptop about, you know, MacBooks run $1,200 or so. It's very expensive. So I um, ended up going to pick it up. They explained all that stuff to me. And then I asked them if it had like extensive liquid damage like they said. Why is it still functional now? Because I feel like mm -hmm. any any tech tool that has liquid damage wouldn't be functional. Um, so long story short, the guy was like super condescending. Um, he really didn't offer me the help that I needed. So I need to figure out a way to get my laptop. But the get my laptop fixed. But the silver lining was that when I went into Nordstrom, which is also in the mall, um, I didn't get my meal, but I did get a cookie. They have this cookie called the Royale cookie. And there was a lady there uh, who was buying the same thing that I was. And I didn't know until we, I actually shared what I wanted to get. She's like, oh, I'm getting that too. I was like, oh, that's so funny. Um, I said, well, I guess we both had bad days. And then the guy ended up giving me the cookie for free. So I thought that was really nice. I thought that was really, that was cool. really nice. That was really sweet. So that, that, that definitely sweetened the day up for sure. I also saw um, a person run over a dog yesterday too. So I'm telling you, it was just an all around bad day. <laughs> But <laughs> the cookie was the silver lining. So, what's your tip on that for the week? Um, I'm really trying to think. I I don't think that I've had a two two bad weeks. Who pissed me off? Well, I don't think I got nothing. So, you know, like my grandpa used to tell me, it's better to be pissed off than pissed on. So, um, you know, I ain't got nothing to be pissed off about. 
All right, we're going to go ahead and move into our last segment of the episode, which is happy hour in which we end on a positive note. So what's one thing that's, you know, made us smile, made us happy, given us a chuckle or a laugh this week. And I have to start off with this um, Bobcat attack that I saw on Twitter. For those who have not seen it, long story short, there's this nice neighborhood, um, kind white man. I was going to open his car door, singing with his donuts and everything. And his wife was coming out on the other side of the um, house, I guess, or the vehicle. And she got attacked by a bobcat. So mm-hmm. let's let's watch the rescue. Good morning. She's having a whole conversation. He's so nice. But the noise, though. Like he tosses that thing. He wanted whatever she had. What did she have? But the thing that was so awesome. He's just so passionate. He's just like so passionate about it. He wanted to protect his wife. So I just really appreciated that story. The caption says, this is a wild 46 seconds because so much happened in that short period of time. Like he was coming out with his donuts and his coffee, going on the way to work. And then that noise was weird. I've never seen it. Well, I don't think I've ever seen it. You've never seen it. Probably not. Not in like my everyday day-to-day life. Um, But that was was definitely my happy hour of the week because that was pretty funny. Would you attack? Would you get a bobcat for me if you tried to attack me? I guess I would have to, but I, <laughs> let me tell you something. My bobcats ain't no joke. It looks scary. It looks, it looks like a little um cub, a little yeah. What tiger cub or something? Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen one? Oh good. It's not good. It's not cool. Um, what's your happy hour for the My ha- <laughs> That's funny. Damn, double homicide. <laughs> Oh my hey, god. Yo, that was like by far I would say. Do you want to explain it for those who haven't so, uh, had a chance to look into it? So Jocelyn Hernandez apparently is back. She was originally on what? One of the Love and Hip Hop. Oh, or is it Atlanta probably so. It's Love and Hip Hop, not what whatever you said. Love and Atlanta, Love and Hip Hop. <laughs> One of the reality show T V girls. Jocelyn, she was a Stevie. Yeah. That was her man. Mm-hmm. He married to Faith Evans now. Huh? You know that? Y'all be following up with, with reality TV like I do. I've been married to her for like a year or two now. Oh, wow. But anyway, uh, she she got a new TV show, something, something called... Uh, Jocelyn's Cabaret. Cabaret. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the topic was, but I know y'all seen a little clip, and the girl was just talking. No, she was talking about how she was from the gutter, and you know she had to have sacrifices from the gutter. Which I get, I understand, I respect. But then you know she, you know, got emotional. So Jocelyn called her up to the floor and was like, "What you emotional about?" She's like, "Yeah, like you know, I had to, you know, get rid of two kids. I had to get an abortion. Twins. It's not my body. It's not my decision." That part. Jocelyn took it upon herself. She said, "So." She confirmed with the girl that this was she did. She said, oh, she had an abortion. She was like, get twins. Josh just said, damn, double homicide. Oh but damn, double homicide is funny. It's that funny. was witty. Uh, I think that's going to be a term here to stay. 
Double homicide? Damn, double homicide. Because <laughs> I actually saw something like that the other day. I was like, damn, that's crazy. Oh, spoiler alert. That's how I felt at the end of uh, The Boys Season 2. Oh, yeah. Damn, double homicide. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a lot. If y'all haven't seen The Boys, it's on Amazon Prime. That's yeah. a pretty good show. Yeah, I reckon. Pretty that. good show. Watch it. But no, I mean, that was my that was my highlight of the week. Uh, it was a pretty funny video. They had me just kind of. They had, they had me good. Mm-hmm. I think I needed to see that one. That one was pretty funny. So, that's what I had for my highlight of the week. I'm looking forward to. I, don't even, I ain't even going to watch the show. I ain't going to lie to you. But. Uh, Jocelyn's Cabaret? Yeah, I ain't never seen it. I ain't oh, yeah. know, it was, not, I ain't know it was on the season two. I thought it was brand new. I'm not a loving hip hop girl. I'm more of like your your Real Housewives, Atlanta, Potomac. You're married to medicines of the world. That's me. I'm I'm more of a Bravo Um, (laughs) reality TV fan or fan. Um, so yeah, that, that's our episode this week, guys. Thank you for listening to another great episode of Heard Through the Grapevine. We'll be back next week to review something new. If you have suggestions, what? Yeah. No, I was agreeing with you. Oh, <laughs> if you have suggestions, um, go ahead and send me a DM. You can follow me um, on Instagram at HTTGThePod. Um, and on Twitter as well at the same handle, HTTGThePod. Um, I enjoy winding down with y'all. So we'll see you next time. See you next week. Uh, Bye. Bye.